excited um, about this series, How to Be a Good Christian. And how many of you know that it's not about the do's and don'ts or a, a, a foundation or a um, you take these steps and you're going to get it right. We all have our lives and God intertwines in those lives. And so it's all about just falling in love with Jesus and learning to uh, just be in his presence. And so today we are, we're going to do some practical applications that we've used in our journey to just kind of give you some, um, maybe some steps that you might want to take for your next steps or change things up a little bit so that um, it will freshen and uh, give you uh, a little bit of spice back in your uh, walk. Um, Victor talked about being a list maker. I am a list maker. I love making lists. I love checking things off my list. I will say, oh, I've already done that today, and it's not even on my list. So I'll write it down so that I can mark it off my list because I love that sense of accomplishment. I love being able to see it besides just seeing it happen. I like to see it on paper. And um, so that is, um, that's been kind of a journey for me is learning to stop and relax and just let the Lord uh, do those things and quit marking things off of a list. Several years ago, I was taking a class um, in Fort Smith called Emerging Leaders, and one of the classes we learned about um, life journal uh, reading plans, and this was right up my alley. It gave, um, if you follow it along, you will read through the Old Testament once throughout the year and the New Testament twice. And so I'm like, I'm all about that. I can do that. And so it literally laid it out. You read these scriptures, and then um, you kind of journal, and it gave us some pointers of how to do that, and I'll share those in a little bit. But I, um, I started off very strong. I was hitting those, doing exactly what um, I was supposed to do, marking those boxes, and... and um, but then it got to be where it was more real ritualistic than it was about my relationship with Jesus. And I had to step back, and I know that sounds crazy to step back from the word, but I, I had to step back from the journal of checking the boxes and reevaluate my life and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Was it to get it all done? Because trust me, I would check every, you know, I'd read through every scripture. If I missed any, I would go back and read, 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 try to catch up. And that's when I really realized this is about checking boxes. This is about showing what I have done. And it's not about that. It is about um, just me and Jesus. Who cares what the other people see? It's what Jesus is doing in my heart and what he's teaching me. And so many times, the things that we do, even in the version app, because we can share it with friends, if we're not careful, we're checking those boxes to um, show the world what we can do or what we've done. And um, that's not what it's about. So um, I just wanted to kind of share a little bit about the journaling plan. It... Um, 
for me, I just had to teach myself, you have to get still. You have to be still before the Lord. And um, that sounds great until you sit down to do it. And then everything comes to mind. I mean everything. You need milk. You need cereal. You need to swap out that load of laundry or you're not going to have a pair of jeans to wear later. You're going to need to take the cleats to the school because they've got a game this afternoon. I mean, it's endless. And so what I learned to do is put a notebook beside me. And when those things started flooding in, I just wrote them down and got back to my focus. And um, that helped because then when um, I was finished, I could not have forgotten those things and do what needed to be done. And so that was the biggie, is to get still and to focus on Jesus. And so um, then um, I just had to learn. And I love that. And Victor's not, he's not said this like a series, but it's jumped out at me, simply Jesus. No matter what we're doing, if we can simplify all the programs, all the needs that need to happen to simply Jesus, that is our answer to everything. And so um, when, I, when I desire simply Jesus, I just don't do to be doing. I do it because um, it's what's in my heart and it's what he's drawing me to do. I was given a book this week, and um, it talked about discipleship, and the word they used was apprenticeship, and an apprentice spends time with a rabbi to become like the rabbi to do what the rabbi does, and when the rabbi says you're ready, then you can become a rabbi. So my desire is to spend time with Jesus to be like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And um, so that is uh, what he desires, is just to spend a real relationship with him. And um, in short, simply Jesus is to move me from to where he wants me to be, which is in his presence. And so I just want to share um, this method that we learned in this Life Journal plan. And um, it's called SOAP, and it's easy. And when we first started doing it, man, I was writing my SOAP. It's an acrostic so that I could get it in my heart how to do this plan. And so the S stands for scripture. So in the reading plan, and I mean, the biggest thing is to start somewhere. I suggest version. There's hundreds of Bible reading apps, I mean, Bible reading plans. And so... Grab one and just start reading. That's the best way. There's no time like the present, right? And so um, find a plan and just get started. And so what I do is, you know, when I first started, I read all the scriptures because I had to mark that box. And uh, what I've learned is I just read until something jumps out at me. And so whether that is um, a word a phrase, a, um, a question that may arise, or um, even just, you know, okay, that's strange. I have never read that before. And so what I do is I read to that point. If it's the first sentence, I stop. Because 
when something jumps out, jumps off the page, that's the Lord showing you something. So just stop and, and rest in that. Think about that. The second one is an O for observation. So what is happening that caused this to uh, speak to me or to, you know, it could be, uh, trying to go back to my notes here. Uh, what do you observe about the phrase, word, what jumped out, your question, and what made it stand out? Why did it stand out? And so then the third one is application. So how am I going to apply that to my life today? How am I going to apply it at work or in the family or at school, whatever it is? How do I apply that to my life? And then the last is pray. And so I write out my prayers. And um, I've learned to do that because as I'm writing, I'm not focusing on that list that I made or the things that I'm going to do when I finish this. I am focusing on the Lord and what I'm saying to him and what he may be saying to me. This wasn't in my notes, but years ago I was um, doing this, and I was just really going through a hard time. And so I am just pouring my heart out to the Lord. And, you know, sometimes my prayer part is real short, and sometimes it's not. But this particular day, I felt like I wrote the whole journal, like filled up every page because I was just, I was hurting and I was just seeking the Lord for what I needed to do. And when I went back to read that journal, my handwriting changed. And as I read through it, it was like when the handwriting changed was when the Lord was speaking to me. And so it was completely different. And I know that may sound wonky, but it, it just because I was in a place that I had gotten still and I was ready to hear. And so um, if y'all are okay, I want to practice this just a little bit. And so um, I don't know, are those all in the same? Yes. So um, I'm going to have us read a scripture and then I just want us to take just a few minutes, not long, to um, do the soap method. And then I'm going to just read what the Lord gave me for these scriptures. And so we're going to read uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'm going to move up here so I can see it. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Okay. So... Um, I know that's short, but sometimes short is where we need to start. And so I just, I'm going to just let it get still and quiet for a few seconds and then give you time to just read. And then, um, if you, Bo, if you don't mind putting the soap back up there so that you can kind of look through that and just write for a few seconds.
I know it's not a lot of time, but uh, I want to be sure we give plenty of time for the ladies to use their practical applications. And so I just want to read um, what the Lord showed me in this. And um, I'm just going to put it in the SOAP method so that you can see um, how it works for me. S, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Observation, submit. Another word for submit is surrender. Surrender in all of my ways. Surrender to him. I like the picture of surrender over the picture of submit. Because submit in our society feels forceful and like you're um, doing it without consideration of what that person thinks. But surrender is um, something we've chosen to do. And so uh, the A is I can remember all of, I can surrender all of my ways to him, giving him all of me. As I surrender, I give up myself, my ways, and I turn them over to him. I can trust that he knows best and will direct every step. The more I trust, the more I surrender. The more I surrender, the more I trust. <clears throat> His trust is a never-ending fountain. Lord, today I surrender all of me. Show me as I go through my day areas that I am holding on to. Show me how I can surrender and trust. Thank you that you are trustworthy, that you never leave me, that you have my best in mind, and that you think about me. You care about every area of my life. Thank you that you desire real, personal conversations with me. Help me to slow down and to be present. Help me to understand how present you are around me today. Give me eyes to see. In Jesus' name. So it's simple. It's just, I love because it's it's personal. It is um, what he speaks to you. And what I love about when you're doing the life journal reading plan with others, you're reading the same scriptures together. But I love when you sit down and discuss with a friend your journal and what the Lord showed you for that day can be completely different for them. They can read the exact same scripture, scripture, and the Lord shows them something completely different. It's, it's living. It's a living word, and so it's, a, it's applicable to us every day, every day. And so the biggest hurdle is just to get started. So, like I said, just, you know, it doesn't have to be huge. I, I noticed uh, a couple of weeks ago that there is uh, a... I think it's called the Beginner's Life Journal Plan in version, And so it's not as many scriptures. So if the list intimidates you, like I said, read one scripture. Just pause and let the Lord speak to you in that. And so communing and sharing uh, time with Jesus makes me think of what uh, Chan is going to share with us. So I'm going to turn it over to her. Thank you, Susan. Okay, I don't know about y'all, but I could use a deep breath. 
So why don't we all just together, if you don't mind, just take a deep breath in and fill your lungs as full as you can, just a deep, deep breath, and then slowly let it out. Let's do one more. Just deep, deep breath in. Maybe hold it for just a minute. And then slowly just release it. feels good. We've already talked this morning about finding moments to be still and really focus on where God is, where he's moving, what the Holy Spirit is doing even within us. So it's good to have those moments. But what if my next instruction or ask was everyone take a big deep breath and then hold it while I talk? Y'all probably wouldn't be on board with that, would you? <laughs> We'd be falling out, but maybe not in the spirit. Um, so really, it's better if my instruction is, hey, while I'm talking, y'all go ahead and keep breathing. Breathe without ceasing, even. That'd be easy, right? It'd be easy to understand, easy to do, because it's hardwired. Your brain already does that. So when we see a verse like 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing did anybody else when they read that maybe scratch their head a little like how do you do that because if I'm praying if I'm, I'm you know on my knees by my bed hands folded eyes closed praying how am I going to get anything else done because that's probably the only way I ever prayed <laughs> when I was younger that's how I was taught so I thought that was the way you pray um, thankfully, as I've moved in years, I've learned there's all kinds of ways to pray. And there's all kinds of types of prayer. Um, and so, so many verses um, talk about prayer. But I want us to look at this, the first part of Ephesians 6, 18. Um, right there in the passage where it tells us to put on the whole armor of God. We are told to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So it looks like that we need to kind of figure out what does praying without ceasing look like and what are all, the, what are all these other kinds of prayers? Because sometimes we need a different prayer to get out of a rut. Sometimes we need a different prayer to just connect to a different facet of who God is. And sometimes we need to step out of our comfort zones of what we're used to in prayer to deepen our relationship with him, just to fully trust him and what he wants to speak to us. Because if prayer is a, like, I'm sorry, this is on your notes, so. <laughs> prayer is a continual conversation with God that can differ in motivation, purpose, and object. He's like Vic taught us many times but we brought it up again in the series motives matter and they can change but you want to look at what they are <laughs> you want to look at the purpose of your prayer and why you're praying and sometimes the object changes sometimes you're magnifying God and you're praising God and he's the subject sometimes you just really need so you're, you're expressing things that are on your heart and you're kind of the object and then other times we're interceding for other people and they are the object but it's all to God, with God, through God, in God, for God, and from God. So it is a way to connect and be in fellowship with him. 
So I want to just real quick talk about a few types of prayer. There's so many, but let's look at a list of um, just kind of the top ones I, I found when I was doing some research. There's worship, there's thanksgiving, there's dedication, there's prayers of blessing, um, there's prayers of lament. I know I, I like that one because it used to be grumbling and griping, but when he showed me how to actually do it his way in lament, it changed it from griping and grumbling to a way to usher him into what was causing me so much grief. So it's so good. So all the different types. And he's so gracious in there's more than one way to pray. <laughs> um, so let's look at a list of just some different ways to pray. So do y'all know roaring and crying out is a way to pray? I like that one too. I like going up on a high place and all my long breath, just pour it all out there because he can take it, I promise. Um, and there's also whispers in the, especially in the, that dark, dark place where all you can muster is a whisper. He can hear you and he's right there. Um, we can pray privately and corporately. It edifies us when we pray together. Um, there's also listening prayers, which I think is fascinating. Um, and then there's breath prayers. And the reason I wanted to practice breath, breath prayer with you today is because it's kind of, to me, it's, a tr it's like training, but it's also a weapon. So in peacetime, you train for war. So if you practice different types of, bre of breath prayers in the quiet at peace, then at those times throughout the day when you really need him, when you need, a, you need a specific word or you need to get through a situation or you need to keep from saying something you shouldn't, um, it's good to just take that deep breath, right? And you've got it. And if you've practiced different prayers that we're going to talk about, they just come up naturally. So let's. Uh, this is also on your notes. A breath prayer is a single sentence that can engage your mind and heart with God's word in one breath. It's a simple and powerful way to in intentionally engage our bodies, our minds, and our heart with the word of God. It it's like making ourselves do what it is we need to do because we know we're going to need it. And so it's telling your body, hey, you're not in charge, but we're going to use you. <laughs> we're going to take this deep breath, and we're going to feel the stillness, and we're going to feel the presence of God as we are speaking the word of God. And so the, there's a rhythm in breath prayer. And it goes something like this. You, you would breathe in deeply for four seconds, maybe five. Hold your breath for four to five seconds, and then slowly release your breath. And you practice that a little bit. You just f you feel the rhythm in your own body. See what it feels like to fill your lungs all the way up, to hold on to it, and then to let it go. Because in that breathing, like in that taking in, if you'll, I like to use um, like just the eyes of my heart to even picture what's going on while I'm doing that. Um, I can envision as I'm breathing in, I'm receiving the Holy Spirit. And then as I'm holding, 
I just imagine him making an exchange for me on my behalf. He's bringing me the good things that I need. And then he, when I release that breath, he takes it out. He just, he, it's like a cleansing breath. Sometimes I envision just the breath of heaven coming and filling me. And when I hold for just a little bit, I just let it strengthen me so that when I exhale, I can praise the Lord. And then that breath goes back to heaven as praise. And it's just a beautiful way to be connected with the process of getting your body and your mind and your heart attuned to the heart of God so that you can hear from him and then you can go and do whatever it is he's asked you to do. Um, And I know it can be awkward at first, especially since it is an ancient practice. Um, It's been around since the 1600s and other, I'll say, organizations use breathing methods as a way to connect to other things and that's not what we're doing so don't be scared okay we really can connect to the holy spirit this way because if you'll remember um everything god created the enemy wants to counterfeit and take it and pervert it and use it in another way but that doesn't mean we don't get to still keep it for what it is intended for us so breathing's okay okay (laughs) Breathing prayer is okay. We're not trying to connect anything but God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to us. Um, So just in case there was any question or fear there, I don't want to bring that in. Um, And in the practice of it, as we develop our own little breath prayers, and as we just find ourselves throughout the day taking those breaths, but not just maybe sighing over something. We're actually being intentional to use those deep breaths to just remind our body and remind our mind who we are, whose we are, and what we're about. So they're so good. And the more we do it, it almost comes automatic like breathing. The more our mind and our body is used to us in any circumstance and anything that hits us is, oh, I know what to do here, we pray. Boy, that makes it a lot easier <laughs> than going three or four days underneath the bed, and then you realize, oh, yeah, I, could, I can pray about this. <laughs> or is that just me? <laughs> um, he's just so good and gracious. And so I would like for us to practice a breath prayer together using Psalm 23, verse 1. Um, it's probably one that if you've been in church most of your life, um, I don't know if you were a little kid and with the flannel graphs and all that, and you had to memorize the 23rd Psalm. Um, it's good. It's good to be in there, but it's also good to use it. So I would like for us to practice taking in that deep breath over the, like, four seconds and just kind of in your mind dwell on the Lord is my shepherd. And then when you hold for those four seconds in between, just imagine your shepherd coming to you dwelling with you, giving you what you need. And then on the exhale, I have all that I need. So if you don't mind, would y'all close your eyes and just try this with me? I'm going to be quiet for a little bit, and y'all just, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need.
And another way to practice when you're in a group, uh, maybe in your circle or in your family, if you want to do some prayers together, um, in the inhale and the hold, you just picture your shepherd coming to you and giving you what you need. And then on the exhale, you use your breath to all together declare together in your group or in your family, the Lord is our shepherd. We have all that we need. Because you can say it in one sentence together. And then the more you do it together, the more it becomes the automatic thing in your family. Hey, when these hard things come up, we can take a breath and, and ask for the Holy Spirit to meet us right here where we are. And it's good. So thank you for practicing that with me. Um, because the aim of this type of prayer is that as we consciously and consistently pray our breath prayer, it settles inside us in a way that the word begins to pray for us. It just comes up, like I said, automatically. And we acknowledge and submit to his gentle leadership as we become more aware of his movements inside us. But whatever kind of prayer, if maybe breath prayer isn't your thing, um, there's so many more. Find one that fits your season and what you're going through. But pray every day. Make it a priority to pray every day throughout the day because it is as important as breathing. And so thank you, all my one another's, <laughs> for practicing that with me. And now I'm going to let Jen give us some, a shot in the arm for community and gathering. You know, uh, she said it, and uh, I have experienced it, that you, you train in peacetime for times of war. And there have been times where I have walked into a situation, maybe caught me off guard, maybe I wasn't expecting it, and in that moment go, thou shalt not commit murder. <laughs> Jesus, you have me. And so really, that is a way that you can connect in a moment with your father. And he, I, I just don't have any trouble guaranteeing that he will show up and you will experience his presence and his peace in that moment. So we have been talking about how to become a good Christian. And it's been a little joke that we've made um, because so often we do connect um, walking with Jesus to a list of do's or a list of don'ts, check boxes. Because a lot of us do like check boxes, and check boxes aren't bad, right? But last week uh, was the third check box. Tony walked us through, uh, talked about going to church, and he really reminded us in such a great way that it's not about going to a place, Right? Church is not a building. Church is us. We are the church. And so he used the word uh, ecclesia. And so that's on your note sheet. And just as a reminder, ecclesia is a called out assembly. It's not about a geographic location. It's about people. It's about us. The church is 
the bride of Christ, and that's who we are. So today, we are going to, uh, the next, this part is to take a practical way to take a step towards being the church. Because see, when we begin this walk of faith, it is a new birth into a new family. It's a new birth into a new family. That's the invitation that Jesus is extending to us. Now, we know and believe in God in three, existing in three persons. We call this the Trinity. Yes, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, when I was a kid um, in children's church, they brought an egg. And they showed us the egg, and you had the outside that was the eggshell, and then they cracked it, and there was the egg white and the egg yolk. And the idea was it takes all three parts of that to make an egg, but it's only one egg. Now, I don't know if that does anything for you, but that has stuck with me for many years. Because the truth is, it's beyond my understanding, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three, and yet they are one. One eternal God forever existing as three in one. Three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And do you see that that three in one is in itself a community? It's a family. And that is what Jesus is inviting us into. He's inviting us into this new family that he has made. Now, I just wanted to point out in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all in one place at one time. And it was when Jesus was baptized. And as he came up out of the water, Jesus, the Son, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and settling on him. And he heard a voice from heaven, that would be his Father, God, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. So there we see it, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, community, family. And that is what walking this way with Jesus is about, walking together. This community, this family, this is what we are invited into. And you guys know family is deep. It's permanent. It's defining, good or bad. Sometimes families leave a mark that's not a great mark. But can I tell you, in the new family of Jesus, it defines us, and it's perfect in every way. The, the term personal Savior or personal relationship with Jesus, it, that's really not in the Bible. Did you know that? That's just something that we have invented, and, and for good reason, because it, it helps people make a connection with Jesus. But once again, I just want to say that when we begin this walk of faith, it is a new birth into a new family with one father and lots of brothers and sisters. Jesus called his disciples his brothers. He called them his family. And that was revolutionary. For Jesus to call 12 men who were not related to him by blood his family, that was an unheard of thing. 
And he did it on purpose to say, walking with me, living this life with me, this is family. This is community. It's a completely new way of living. He invites us into his family, the most tight-knit form of community imaginable. And at the same time, so personal. Jesus knows me. He knows everything about me. And even as personal as it is, it's still about being part of the family. So community, this is kind of a casual uh, definition. It's on your note sheet. It's about lifting each other up, learning from each other, loving each other the way that we want to be loved. See, walking this life, this road, living together as family, this is a place that we learn and learn about our Father, yes, learn about the Scripture, yes, but even more, it's where we learn how to love others. It's where we learn how to be loved by others. We learn how to um, be able to be heard if you feel like you're not heard. It's a place where we learn to be quiet if we feel like we talk maybe a little too much. It's a place that we learn to yield to each other, to give somebody else a chance, to not always be the lead dog. But can I tell you that we can't learn these things if we spend all of our time with people who look just like us, talk just like us, think just like us. Jesus had 12 disciples, and yes, they had things in common. They were 12 Jewish men. But can I tell you, they were also all over the map in so many other ways. And what they did as, as their work, uh, in their economic standing, in their views on politics, they, they were widespread in their ways of looking at things. There were 12 guys who might have been more different than they were the same, and yet they had the most important thing in common, and that was Jesus. And it's the same for us, you know? Now, don't you know that our, the enemy of our soul, he wants more than anything to keep us from living this full life that Jesus has invited us into. And so he wants to keep us from stepping into life in this new family of Jesus. And isolation is a, a tactic that he uses again and again. And when I say isolation, it doesn't necessarily mean alone in a cave, you know, Unabomber style. <laughs> Can I tell you that I have experienced isolation in a very busy life, surrounded by many loving people? See, it's a trap that the enemy sets for me and that I walk into again and again. I'm self-sufficient. I take care of others. I'm, I'm, I'm my own person, and I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give way. I'm not going to be forced to do anything. Often it, it comes at me through my pride. Like, I got this. I don't need any help. Y'all just back up. <laughs> and time and time again, I step right into the trap of self-centeredness, which leads to isolation. 
And it can look different. It can be, it can be I don't want anybody to know what's going on inside of me. I've experienced that. I, have, I don't want people to know what I'm struggling with. And so I've put that hedge and say, I've got this. And the enemy keeps me isolated. And he keeps me from stepping into life in the new family of Jesus. I buy the lie that my life, my needs are the, the most important thing. I might not say it just like that. I, I disguise it by saying things like, well, I'm, I'm taking care of my family or I'm taking care of my friends. I'm, I'm helping them out. I, I frame it like I don't have the time. I don't have the extra resources to widen my, my circle of community because I've got enough to do taking care of my own. And when I say it like that, it kind of sounds okay, you know? Because it, it's good. It's good things. But I am removing myself from where Jesus is calling me, inviting me to be. The truth is, I don't want the work and trouble that it might take to open my circle wider. I'm happy sticking with the ones that I have the most in common with, that it's easy to be with, that kind of think the same way I do. The ones that I just naturally get along with. I don't want to give of myself to be there for someone whose life might be a little bit messy. Or maybe I don't, I don't I want to hide my messy life. And then sometimes... <laughs> I can even get self-righteous about it. Like, uh, they've made this mess. <laughs> and they're the ones that keep stirring up all the drama. And I've told them what they need to do to get better, and they won't do it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, here I am, sitting in the seat of judgment, thinking that I know it all. But as the body of Christ... As brothers and sisters in this new family of Jesus, we have the most important thing in common, and that is Him. And He is inviting us into a life of community, a life of walking together with each other. You know, in the garden, Satan tricked Eve and he's been tricking me and us ever since. See, he convinced her that the fullest, freest life, it, it didn't come through trusting God and his way of living. No. Instead, if you really want freedom, then you got to be the one in control. you got to be the one calling the shots. And man, have I bought into that. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life and to give you a full, big life. And the way to that is by walking together. By living this life together. Joseph Hellerman says it like this in his book, When the Church Was a Family. American evangelicalism, and that's us. American evangelicalism is a community 
in crisis. And it will remain such as long as we fail to recapture the biblical understanding of salvation as a community-creating event. When we begin this walk of faith, it is a new birth into a new family with one father and many brothers and sisters. We need each other, whether we like it or whether we don't. We need each other. And we were created from the beginning. We were created in his image and in his likeness. And so we were created from the very beginning to live in community, just like he does. To walk this road together in the most tight-knit community imaginable. I love last week the way Tony highlighted the one another's all throughout scripture. Love one another. Uh, pray for one another. Bear one another's burdens. If you missed it or, or if, if, if you don't remember, go back and listen. Because he did a great job of reminding us and showing us in Scripture how we are made to live this life together. Hear the call of Jesus to live life with him and with each other, one another. So, attending Sunday service is good. And you can even check that box if you want to. (laughs) But we are invited into something much, much bigger and much, much better. It's really not just about a service on a Sunday in a building, but it is about living life together. Life to the full. That's what Jesus promises. And he showed us how we get there. And that is by walking together, living together life together in community. So we're going to take a practical step, do a little practice um, towards living life in community. So if you'll turn your note sheet over, we're going to look at the back of it. And even as we get ready to do this, could we practice a little breath prayer that we just learned. And maybe we invite Holy Spirit, come, guide my thoughts. Would you do that with me? Breathe in, Holy Spirit, come, guide my thoughts. Now I'm going to tell you what I'm going to ask you to do before I ask you to do it. (laughs) You'll see that there's a line that says name. And if you're willing... I am just inviting you to allow the Holy Spirit to bring to your mind the name of a person, or if you want to work this with your spouse, maybe the name of a couple, and you write that name down. And then what you're committing to is you're going to make a plan to just make a connection with them. Maybe it's to have a cup of coffee or to go on a walk. But remember, this is a practice for just taking a step towards living life in community. And then after we talk about the plan, we're going to make a commitment and we're going to give ourselves a deadline that says, we're going to do this in the next week or two or whatever time frame you put on it. So, are you ready? As you're there looking at your paper, if you are willing, 
would you just invite the Holy Spirit to let a name come to your mind? The name of a friend that maybe you've lost touch with or someone that you kind of know but would like to get to know better. Maybe it's a couple. Just write that name in the blank if you would. See, I know we talk about circles a lot and and we won't stop. We believe in circles. But I also know that it can be a daunting thing to jump into a circle when you've never been. So this is just maybe a, a way to take a step towards that. So you've written down the name. The next thing I want you to write is I want you to write a plan and be specific. Like, I am going to text her. Or I am going to call him. Or uh, as we're walking out of church today, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flag her down. Maybe you'll stalk them at Walmart. I mean, not all plans are the best plans, right? And then be specific. I'm going to invite them over for dinner. Or I'm going to ask them to go get an ice cream cone because who doesn't like ice cream? Or maybe it's a cup of coffee, or maybe it's a walk in the park, or, or maybe it's a game night. You want to invite them over just to play cards or something. Nothing is off limits. Be creative, but be specific and write down your plan. I'm going to call her and ask her to go get a cup of coffee. I'm going to flag them down and see if they want to come over for supper this week. All right, we're to the time. And this is where you're committing to do this and you're giving yourself a time frame. I'm going to, I'm going to do this this week. Or in the next two weeks, I'm going to text her. If you're willing, you're just making a commitment to take a little step towards community. You'll see there, there's some conversation starters. It's just silly little things. Just, just questions to have in your back pocket if there's an awkward silence. Because when you're taking a new step, sometimes it is a little awkward. Can I just, my opinion, don't ask a question that you don't, you're not comfortable answering yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So here is the next step. If you're willing, you see at the bottom of the back of the sheet, there's name, email, phone. And if you're willing, put your contact information there. Whatever is the best way to contact you, if it's email or if it's phone, doesn't matter. And then there's a table in the atrium. And if you'll go by and say, hey, I'm... I'm, I'm willing to give this a try. They're going to just cut that piece right off the bottom of your paper. And we're going to keep it. And I am committing to just reach out to you and to say, hey, I saw that you said you were going to text your friend. How's it going? And it's not about harassing you. It's not about saying, hey, if you didn't do it, then something bad's going to happen. No, it's it's about wanting to just support. It's wanting to um, 
try to just help you have all the tools in your belt to take a step towards living this life that Jesus is inviting us into. One step more. We so believe in this that we want to help you. And if you think, yeah, you know, I would like to cook supper, but I just don't know. You know what? We've got some Walmart gift cards and we're going to buy the groceries. So if you will make this commitment, we, we will buy the groceries so that you can cook supper for your friends. Or if you're like, I ain't having nobody in my house. We got some gift cards where you can take them for ice cream or take them for a cup of coffee. We really want you to not have any obstacles in your way of being able to take this step if you're willing. So you can find those at the table in the atrium. Nancy and her crew will be glad to help you out. And I really appreciate you engaging in these moments and allowing the Holy Spirit to, uh, to speak to you. So as we're uh, closing, uh, Susan and Chana and I, we're just going to be around uh, here at the front. And if you had, during the, the soap, if you had something that uh, maybe the Lord spoke to you, we would just love to hear it. Or if during the breath prayer, something, uh, the Lord dropped something in your heart, we just would love to have you share with us. If you have thoughts or questions or even if, if you want to tell me how wrong I am, it's okay, you know. We really just want to have a moment to, uh, to visit with you. We're going to close in prayer. Well, Lord, we just come before you, and I just thank you for, the, for your presence here this morning, Lord. It's just been so sweet, and I just thank you that you make a way. You give us practical applications that we can just walk closer to you, Lord, and I thank you for that, Lord. I ask that you would just go with us this week, that you would nudge us into that first step, no matter what it is, Lord, that we would just take the step, because you're going to meet us right there, Father. So, God, we worship you, we praise you, and we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives, Lord. And, God, I just pray that as we move forward with you, Lord, that uh, just as you've promised that, Lord, that you're right there with us, that you are um, passionate about being with us and just communing together, Lord. Father God, thank you for the breath of life. Thank you for breathing on us and in us giving us purpose, giving us love and a community to express it in. Teach us how to pray and may we be yielded to whatever you new thing you want to show us or new step that you want us to go in. God, you have our yes. We boldly go knowing that you are with us every step of the way and you lead us and you're you are our rear guard as we go. So we thank you and we love you, Jesus. Thank you.